Welcome to Riverbend Community Church. We're so happy to have you be part of our, our sermon digitally from home, however it is. And I'm just so excited to share with you as we continue the series, Run Your Race. And just for those of you, maybe you're, maybe you're new, maybe it's the first time you've tuned in. I'm Pastor Travis. I'm the pastor of mobilization and ministry. And it's such an honor to be able to jump into Hebrews, my favorite book of the Bible, and go through the beginning of chapter 13 as we are coming close to finishing up. We've just got a few weeks left of our series, Run Your Race. And just to give a little bit of background, we've been talking about Run Your Race. This is actually about life, about how we are living our life in a current, not just, not just right now, but in our whole life. How have we been running this race of life, and are we committed to Jesus Christ in running your race. And with that, I want us to ask this question today. And I think it's one of the most important questions we could ever ask. And that is, do we trust Jesus is present yesterday, today, and tomorrow? Do we trust Jesus is present yesterday, today, and and tomorrow. I want us to ask that question as we walk through these verses. I want you to ask yourself if you trust that Jesus was with you yesterday and beyond yesterday. If you trust that Jesus is with you right now, and if you trust as he is with you to tomorrow and your future. With us asking that question, I do want us to get into the word of God. It is Hebrews 13, 1 through 8. And it says, Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison. And those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexual immoral. Keep your lives free from the love of money, and be content with what you have. Because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, and I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I ask that you will make these words come alive. I ask that you will bring us closer to you. And I ask as we look through the verses, it will be you speaking and it will not be me. I ask that we will just come a little closer to you as we run the race of life and as we join you today. In Jesus' name, amen. So I have a story, and, and it is an old story, because we're talking about Jesus being present yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And something that shapes that in my life is when I was recently born, only a few weeks old, when I was only a few weeks old. It was 1985. Not sure where you were at in 1985, but I was in a crib. And I had an aunt, and her name was Deborah. And she was looking closely at me and my twin sister. And she noticed that something was wrong. 
And she woke me up and she went to my mom and she said, Carol, there's something wrong with the baby. He, he isn't breathing when he goes to sleep. And then for whatever reason, and I actually don't even know if it was connected to sleep apnea, which is what I had, but I actually coughed up blood while they were holding me. And so instantly I went from baby is sleeping to we got to go. And my dad called my grandparents and all he said was, get here now. And my grandparents stormed through. They lived right, they were our neighbors, so they just get there as fast as they could, in the car as fast as they could, and they, they gave my brother Johnny and, to them, and they took me and my sister to the hospital. And as we were in the hospital, if you've ever been to the hospital, one, it is stressful, one, it is scary, and then two, you are trusting other people to care for you or those who you love. And like any hospital, they need to, they need to draw blood, they need to take tests, and we were so small that they had to pull it from our feet. And I was probably, my dad tells me that I was the size of his hand because I was such a small baby being a twin. And the doctor had me in his hand and he looked and he suddenly said, I, I, I cannot do it. And my dad was so furious and his options were, to punch the doctor in the face for not doing his job or to step up and take care of his baby boy. So my dad grabs the needle from the doctor and grabs me from him and he's holding me and he looks at the nurse and he says, do I poke him right there? And she said, yes, sir. And he pokes my foot and he gets the blood drawn for the nurse. So my dad literally was the only one in the room who had the thought and the bravery to care for his son. Even the doctor, who was the professional, wasn't able to do it. And in that story, we have family members who are watching over me, paying attention. We have those who are stepping up, caring for me. And all of this was happening, this happened in my past, and it set up that day, and then it set up my future. And what I've learned through this story, because I don't remember the story, it's just a story that my family shares, is that I know that Jesus Christ was in my life, in my past, in my present, and my future. Because if he wasn't aware, if he wasn't present in my past, no one would have been looking in the crib, paying attention to how I was breathing. If he wasn't present that day, my father wouldn't have had the courage to take care of me and do what needed to be done to make sure I was all right. And if that didn't happen, he wouldn't be present in my life now and in the future. So I want you to know again, Jesus is present yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And what that, that brings us back into our verses, and we're going to start for the first three verses. It says, Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Continue to remember those in prison as you were together with them in prison and those who were are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. Now, the thing here that is important is that we're talking about 
hospitality, and we're talking about hospitality to strangers, but then it talks about prison and those who are suffering. The author of Hebrews is actually talking about how brothers and sisters as Christians should be treating all those around them, but also being aware of what others are dealing with. Because when we hear prison, we might not know what exactly they're talking about. He is talking about prisoners who are of the church because the church was being arrested and persecuted daily. And they were suffering daily. And he wants the church to remember, you need to be aware of what is happening to all of those around you. And you need to be praying for your brothers and sisters in the church as they are suffering around you. But it's not just those who are part of the church. He also mentions strangers. Do, you, do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. We need to be caring and loving and showing hospitality to all of those around us, those in our church and those outside of our church. And I want us to ask this question, is hospitality and care present in our life? Is hospitality and care present in our life? Because if we look at Hebrews 13, 1 through 3, it is told to us that we are supposed to be hospitable, and we are supposed to care for everyone around us in our life. The stranger at the grocery store, the, the, the random person that you cross when they're walking their dog and you're walking your kid, those are the strangers that we should be caring for and having hospitality for and we should be praying for. But it goes beyond that to also those in the church. Because we are in a time where people are feeling more pain and suffering and even, yes, some persecution. And I'm not sure we're paying attention to it. And if we're not paying attention to it here in our own church, are we paying attention to it in the global church? Because as terrible as persecution was in biblical times, persecution is worse today than it was then. There are more Christians who are chased and arrested and threatened with their life today than ever before. It's just in different countries. There literally are countries right now that if they try to have church, they will be arrested. And some of that is closed countries, and some of that is just a new norm. And are we aware and are we praying for those? Are we connected with the global church where we are showing care and then maybe hospitality? But are we doing that also for those around us? Because I'm going to be honest, as we're talking about running the race, the race of life for God, if we are not hospitable and if we are not caring for people, you are running the wrong race. If we don't care for those who are around us, despite their differences, despite our disagreements, if we do not care and we are not being hospitable in different ways, we are running the wrong race. Because it is not the race towards Christ. It is the race towards ourself. And it is something we need to be present about. It is something we need to ask about. And it is something we need to pray about. As it continues, this author now goes into more of an internal struggle. And he says, Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure. For the God will judge the adulterer and all the sexual immoral. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. 
Because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. There's a couple things about this verse that we need to remember. One, the early church taught and instructed several times to keep the marriage bed pure and also talked about the sins of pleasure and also talked about not having the love for money. Now, the only reason that you would hear that repeated as often as you hear in the New Testament is that the early church was struggling with what relations looked look, look like, what like what pleasures for self looked like, and what love for money looked like. And I wish I could say, hey, we can just breeze right over this because the church today doesn't struggle with any of this. We've got it figured out. But the fact of it is, is that we have 50% of marriages that are ending in divorce every day. We have people who are addicted to work and addicted to money every day. We have people who choose their self over God every day. So I might not go over all of the details of what sexual immorality are or adultery are or the love of money, but what we can go over is the fact that we are choosing ourself. Many people choose their self over Christ. And we need to ask ourselves this question right now. Are we actively choosing ourselves before Christ? And you might breeze through this passage and think, well, I love my spouse. You know what? I don't have a lot of money, so I'm doing good. But are, are we doing good? Are we actively choosing ourselves or are we actively choosing Christ? Because the trickiest thing about choosing ourselves over Christ is that sometimes things don't look bad. Sometimes things don't feel bad. I absolutely love my wife and love my son. But when I got married, that started the struggle of, am I going to love my wife the most, or am I going to love Jesus Christ the most? And now that we've had our son, Johnny, we now had the struggle of, am I going to love Johnny the most, or am I going to love Christ the most? There's nothing wrong with me loving my wife more than any person in the world. There's nothing wrong with me loving my son more than any other person besides my wife in the world. But I cannot love them more than Christ. We cannot love our jobs more than Christ. We cannot love our best friend more than Christ. And then, yes, as the passages say, we cannot love money we can not love sex. We can not love something that might feel better than we're currently in because Christ is the most important thing in our life. And if we choose ourselves before Christ, that is something that is not going to work out. That is literally set, giving yourself a handicap in this race of life. You will find yourself stumbling and having a hard time getting up. Not that you can't get up. Not that you, you can't get over it because it says, God says, I will never leave you nor I will forsake you. But it makes the race difficult. And for those of us who have never chosen Christ, we never have had a relationship with Jesus. It makes the race impossible. Who are we actively choosing? Because there's only two options. 
In life, there are only two options to choose. You either choose your life or you choose Christ. Who are we choosing in this race? As we continue in the final parts of our passage, it says, So we say with confidence, The Lord is my helper, and I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. We say with confidence, if we are having a relationship with Jesus, we say with confidence, he is my helper. If you are living that, you know he is constantly with me. But not only is Christ with you in your heart and spiritually, he's also with you through your community and through your leaders. That's why we have community group leaders and pastors and people who disciple you who they don't need a title. A leader in the faith doesn't need a title, but it's someone who pours into you and gives you guidance for the gospel and you follow and you imitate them to grow closer to God. And that is God working through you. If you can think of a hero of the faith and you can even maybe turn and see where they are or you're going to have coffee with them later, that is Christ working through you but we need to embrace it. We need to take it on and we need to recognize that in that end, the people around us in the church that we're in and the prayers that we have and the miracles in our life, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I ask the question again, do we trust Jesus is present yesterday, today, and tomorrow? Because when I look at my life, no matter the faith questions I might have, no matter the doubts I've had throughout my life, if I look at my life, I can see that Christ has been present yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Because there are circumstances where I had an aunt looking down and making sure that we, she didn't, she didn't say it's probably nothing she got me out and took me to my mom and said, there is something wrong. And then we went and the doctor couldn't do it. And so my dad said, get out of the way and give me that needle. And that's one circumstance in my life. And there's all these other little ones that when I felt depressed and down, someone would come and encourage me. Recently in my life, it was overwhelming because my wife was recovering from a brain injury and I was looking at medical bills and I was like, how is this going to happen? What are we going to do? And suddenly funds just came swooping in overwhelmingly. Offers of meals, offers of send me medical bills came through overwhelmingly to the point where now it's, Wow, God really is present right now. And I can look and I can know that, you know what, even tomorrow I don't have to worry. That wasn't, that wasn't my work. That was Christ's work. What in your life has happened that does prove that God is present in your life? And who here needs to be reminded that he is present? Do we trust Jesus' present yesterday, today, and tomorrow? Because here's the thing, guys. Jesus has cheered you on since before you were born. 
Jesus has cheered you on since before you were born. Every mile that you have walked into this race of life, Jesus is cheering you on. He is right there. But we do have to embrace him. It's not that he's not cheering. But to hear him, we need to recognize he's there. How many of us are recognizing that he's there? And how many of us need to? I'm going to ask today that you do not leave the gathering today. That you do not go about doing the next thing if you're watching online without asking the question, do I trust that Jesus is present yesterday, today, and tomorrow? And what do you need to do to trust him? Do you need to open up your prayer life? Do you need to read scripture more? Do you need to say, I need to start having this relationship? Because it's as simple as calling on his name and saying, I know you're present and I want to acknowledge that you're present. It's simple. There's no magic word. I know that we've all heard special prayers and we've heard like different ways to say it, but it's simply you opening your heart and your life to Jesus and knowing that he's present in your life. Don't leave today or don't go another step without doing that today. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your truth. I ask that if there's anyone here who doesn't know you, that they will acknowledge that you are present in their life today. For those of us who know you and have been living with you, but maybe we've just forgotten some, I ask that we will remember your presence in our life and that we will live every mile that we walk in our life as if you are present there right now. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. I do want to invite anyone here today or watching online that if you've made any decision, please text us decided 484-602-5618. We definitely want to hear that. We definitely want to, just like Jesus is cheering for you, we want to cheer with you as well. So we ask that you text us that word. And then also, if you're watching online, please know even online that you can still give to our church. You can do it through text. You can do it through the app and you can mail in anything. Um, you can do it online or you could even drop, drop by if you wanted to and do it in person. But I ask that we do that obediently in the sense of we're giving back to the church so we can give out to others. And just so you know, everything that is giving goes to our church and then in a sense goes to ministry. And we have many ministries that we want to do Um, We're also exploring other outreaches that we can do similar to what we did in Easter where we did a fun day at the park where we did art and gave Easter baskets to the community. We want to do more things like that. We were able to do that whenever those give. So thank you for giving and thank you for being part of our church. And I just want to remind us again today to run the race of life with Christ in our life. And I want to thank you guys and I hope to see you soon.